What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Past Day Prime Podcast, episode 602. It's your boy E-Money here again. You know how we do it once a week. Uh, it's Monday afternoon. Gentlemen, want to introduce yourself? We here. Your boy Johnny Dubs, straight from the 914. Yonkers, Mount Vernon, in the building. Past Day Prime, we here. 602. I'm glad to be here with y'all boys, man. What's it's good? your boy, but Clooney, underscore Marcus, underscore Costanza, what's up? Let's get it. PTP. It's your boy Combs. You see, I got Barack, Martin, and Herbal. We in the business, man. We in the business. All right, man. How's everybody weekend? Everybody still social distancing during this pandemic? Or it was too nice this weekend and I had to step out? Guess what? I'll be the first one to say. I was outside, like outside of the house, but I was socially distanced. Copy. But I had, to, I had to enjoy the weather. It was too nice. It was 70 degrees. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and get cabin fever when the weather is just so nice outside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my pinky toe outdoors real quick. <laughs> Let's see, that. see what that sun hitting for. Word, same. I did some yard work. You feel me? Like, you know, just get outside a little bit. Get some, get some fresh air, at least something. Nah, I respect that. How about you, Coles? I know Georgia, they, they just like everything rock right I mean, now. you know, I got up around 7.30 for 8.30 tea time. Then um, after around two o'clock, I had some lunch, and I kind of just like tan the front lawn a little bit. I mean, <laughs> front lawn. Hold on, what type of ATL living you doing? My man said tanning on the front lawn. lawn. I got a big <laughs> ass. I got a big <laughs> ass. We go, we go offline. You got to show us your house. I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> I just put my. You know, I just put the uh the front the lawn chair in the front. Go lunch, just sat outside this with the soak <laughs> it in. It's like 85 out here. I, I, just, I just get some, t- some, some, some color. I, mean, I see. You, you always come on the Zoom with a, with a tank top. Right. I got, <laughs> you just going to rub it in our down. face that you live in Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm down guess what, 12 nah, guess what? Don't be fooled, E. I know we got hoodies on and we in New York and everything, but it's mad nice outside. I'm fake sweating under this. Like, oh, this, this, is just for, <laughs> this, is, this is for the show right now, you know? Like, it's hot right now. Like, it's, not, it's like 73 right now in New York. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not man, too far man, it's not too man, far bro, I don't even check the weather no more because I know I ain't going nowhere. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Right. Honestly, because I'm the person to take like a daily drive, I do check the weather just to see what type of driving weather I'm about to encounter. But other than that, like I'm never checking the weather. You're right. There's there's no reason to. That's like 80 right, uh, right now here. Eight degrees. Mm-hmm. Nice and nice and sunny. Right. I, I Ron Burgundy. We don't need your damn ATL weather report. Like, <laughs> this guy. All right. Thanks, Ron. Like, this hey. guy. <laughs> Just run, literally rubbing it in our faces that the weather is mad nice at ATLA. You know, it's 80 degrees. You know, I got, got my feet up. You know, lawn chairs. You know, green grass. Well, shut up. Like, hey. My, my lawn guy comes on Friday, cut the grass again. <laughs> Yo, he got his mic on. <laughs> Let me talking tea time in his lawn, man. Like I don't, I don't even know this guy. Who is this guy? And scheduling lunch. Right, scheduling lunch now. <laughs> All right, man. But um, turning to Larry David over here. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. Uh, so today we're gonna touch on the Last Dance documentary. I'm sure everybody watched. Uh, was that episode five and six last night? Five right? and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. Episodes five and six. They go over the first three P. And uh, let's talk about it. Any uh, major points that we that we took away from the first three P? 
<sighs> Aside from the yeah, fact that Jordan's the goat, Jordan's the right. goat. We can, we can, we can just, let's start there. We can, we can, we can almost start and end there. But let's start there. Jordan's the goat. That's just like I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna reinforce a... that every single episode. I'm gonna reinforce that that Jordan is the goat for all LeBron fans, for all Kobe fans. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I mean, sorry, Michael Jordan is oh, the greatest basketball player literally of all time. Aside okay. from that. My biggest takeaway, oh man, from yesterday was I think, and I think it was actually when I looked in the group chat and I saw cats talking and I saw cats mention the Suns and it was like, yo, are the Suns going to play defense? It was Combs actually. He was like, yo, are the Suns going to play defense? And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Like, and, and, and it's funny because like when I, like how I remember it back then and how I watched it now, it was just like, damn, the Suns didn't even. It's like they put up a fight by the fact that it was it was a four two, but like yeah. they really did put up a fight. Like it was really just Jordan just just waiting, picking his moments, picking his spots, and then just you know going in for the kill when the time was right. But it's just like I don't know. I like this. I, and you know what? It, is? it makes me question the Suns, like as 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 a, as a like a, a one of those all time teams, because like they were like back then. How I remember them, like you would consider them one of the all time teams: Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Danny Manning. Uh, Charles Barkley, obviously, like you know what I'm saying. But when I looked at the tape, like, bro, Jordan literally ran coast to coast when there was 12 seconds left. What the hell was that? that like, was bad. that was bad. Yo, that was bad. Full court, coast to coast with 12 seconds of the game on the line. Like, finger roll, one hand. Guys, like, I like that right there was like that, like, kind of blew mine a little bit because, like, I don't remember the Suns just giving it up. Like, this is giving up. <laughs> You know like, what it is? Charles Barkley did everything he could he could after game one. I, he gave it his all. And he just looked around and was like, is anybody going to give me an abnormal game? <laughs> he, really, he just needed one game for one of his guys. From somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and That's he couldn't right. really get that. I so, mean, my takeaway yeah, was that, yeah, George is the best. Like, his, his will to win and his ability to hit tough shots is just unmatched. Like, there's no I've, – I've never seen anyone that just hits that many contested layups consistently. It just – it makes no sense how he does that shit. And he's, I everyone, agree with that. Everyone talks about his fadeaway and his mid-range post-game. Now, that layup shit is crazy. I don't crazy. care about none of that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I do care about his mid-range. He's the, he's I mean, the best I mean, but that's regular. My thing is he, 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 it's like he almost invented the mid-range. Like, his mid-range yeah. is, like, literally the elite, and everybody who comes after has followed that from Kobe to D-Wade. Like, like everybody who's a killer mid-range is from that. Yeah. But, like, that layup package, like Cole's mentioned, good Lord. That, come on, son. Oh, like, yeah. That is 99-99 on, on all scales. Like, damn, right. son. His core strength is ridiculous. Like, the way he can just twerk and, and twist and, and hang in the air and take contact, it's, it's crazy. I think the closest thing we saw to that directly after he retired was probably Allen Allen, Allen Iverson. Mm. Yeah. Mm. so. That's a layup. In terms of tough shots, in terms of a tough shot maker, that's what you mean. Layup package too. <laughs> layup package the, layup package, the layup package nowadays are, I think, are more. I don't know. I was gonna say, way. like, I think that the this, this new age, nowadays. yeah, this new age layup package is is very elite. Like the the they way these new cats be finishing, like Kyrie, like the, like Dames, like 
like the way they finish, like that is that is certainly up there. But but they don't make trying to flush it on you if he can. He's not even trying to give you a layup. He's trying they to take the rim down with you. These cats nowadays, they it looks better, but they don't make it with the consistency that Jordan made it. Like Kyrie is, Kyrie would miss some awfully before he's blocked. He just throw up to before he's blocked. Jordan, we've <laughs> seen Jordan get blocked. He's over. I'm definitely in the minority because in 91, when he was at the rim and just switched to the left, it was wild excessive. He didn't, no, <laughs> you're not in the minority. He didn't he didn't need to do that. That was literally just to show y'all, like, yo, this hang time that yeah, like it's it, it's elite. Like, let me just show y'all a little something here. Cause he I literally let it go it. on the come down. Like uh. that's crazy. Like his hang time is one. none. I don't know if I've seen another player who has hang time and grace like that. Right. And that's what I'm saying, hang time and grace. Like, that, that grace, complete right. package, because Cass got hang time nowadays. Cass can fly nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. Cass can fly. But yeah. the grace, the ability to actually finish with the ability to fly high, bruh, <laughs> nobody do it like MJ. Like, not even yeah. close. Like, literally not even close. It's definitely different. It's definitely different. But um, I'll take away... That a lot of teams, a lot of teams, I, I don't like. I'm almost with Combs a little bit. Like I do think Jordan's the greatest all time, but like, oh, oh, say that, say that, say that, say. Oh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, that. Team, Combs get his bar. Hold on, first. Hold on, let me let me say my let me say my little <laughs> intro part. Then I was going since you had touched on the season part, I'll touch on the um the segment with the Olympic team with uh the Magic <laughs> and Jordan and um all the guys talking shit going back and forth and Dead and Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> like now nah, he good. I like, mean, <laughs> I Isaiah, you gotta you gotta hold those charges. Isaiah, you gotta hold those charges. Like you were part of that fam. Like it may not have been you personally putting pause on Jordan, but <laughs> you didn't tell Lambert or Mahorn to, to ease up. Like you didn't tell nobody. You know, chill, let him go. You, you, you ain't your hold thing. on, let me ask you a question. Do you think MJ was a little petty for that though? Like, is it, I, I, like how, how petty was MJ for that? Like, is it, like, very petty, or was it just like, nah, I kind of understand you, MJ. Like, how do y'all rate that? Honestly, personally, to chime in, I think MJ is the guy that fell on the sword. But from the looks of it, I don't think Facts. Magic Bird or any of them wanted to play with anyone wanted <laughs> He just fell on the sword because he was that guy on the team. That, yeah. <laughs> Fact. I don't think Magic Say thank you, Coles. <laughs> what? That's what, him, that's what makes him great, though. That's what makes him great, that he's so petty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're the security guard or Charles Barkley, you got to bust your ass. Or Dan Marley. Or Tony Google. <laughs> or Dan Marley. Or anyone that, that Jerry Cross liked. <laughs> Facts. Like, how do y'all feel about um, his sneaker negotiation? Do you think that's it's uh, similar to how a lot of players now are more willing to say, you know what, rather than go with what I know is already the status quo and popular. Let me try to blaze my own trail and join a up and coming company. I loved it. I loved it. Like, what, what, what was it? Converse was the this, the official sneaker at the NBA, and he was just like, mm, "Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shop my best options right now." And then even well, and even when it came down to the Olympics, and they was wearing the Reebok joint, and he was just like, mm, "Nah, I'm good. I'm brand loyal. Hold that. Like American flag right over the Reebok logo, like." I, I I like how he did, like, literally from start to finish, how he acquired the Nike deal, to how he went about handling, like, yo, I'm kind of like the brand ambassador of this thing. Like, I'm going to hold it down for the brand. Like, I respect that 100%. Like, and that just, again, that just plays back into how competitive he was. Like, he was like, yo, if you the ops, like, you're not living. Like, I'm good here. Like, Reebok, Adidas, Converse, whoever. Like, nah. 
it's Nike over here. Like, I respect that. I'll say one thing. It's all about the, uh, the sneaker designer. I'll say that much. Because I do think a lot of players want to do what Jordan did, but their sneakers aren't going to be as fire as Jordan's. Like, Seth Curry and Under Armour is doing that, but his sneakers terrible. Steph Curry. Does. Like, nobody wants Under Armour sneakers. Um, I agree with you in the sense that when you say nobody wants Under Armour sneakers, I think. Let me replay. Let me replay. I'm not going to say nobody wants them, but they don't impact the culture, Steph Curry sneakers. Like, okay. That's, what, that's what I was going to say. He can drop new sneakers every single day, and they're not going to move a needle in our, in our culture. They right? could if marketed properly, but he just markets it as a basketball sneaker, like, because of how he is, how he plays. Like, so, like, I You're feel right. like he kind of just You're falls right. into a box with the way he can even go about his sne- a, a Steph Curry sneaker. Like, like he can't do it like how a LeBron can do it. Like, LeBron could drop different LeBrons, and it could still look cool and be stylish and have an impact on the culture even a little bit, even though I don't see LeBrons as, like, real culture like moving shoes but like mm. they are there are there, but there's a couple designs where it's like oh yep. you see that lebron put his little yeah. mj influence on it like all right now we're gonna make these hit for the culture but for the most part everybody's about performance shoes i feel a couple of lebron sneakers are at least lifestyle sneakers facts you can fit them out wear them outside like steph curry sneakers are really just basketball even as everyone paul george sneakers are lifestyle slash basketball kyrie irving has a lifestyle basketball brand like those guys that sign Nike do sign with Nike for the lifestyle slash basketball branding. Where I think add to guys- it, I think I think also to add to sneaker culture, I think we underestimate the amount of time it took Jordan to get to the level of saying these are sneaker outside of just basketball sneaker. True. I think mm-hmm. I think I think 10, 10, 15 years from now, if Steph Curry continues at this trajectory. The little kids, the high school kids now that were into Steph Curry might be able to bring the Under Armour to that level. I'm not going to say Nike and um, Adidas level, but I could see them still being a third major player for players who may not want to join a crowded roster like a Nike or Adidas. Mm-hmm. I still think it's all about design because Adidas works because, like, Kanye and Adidas work because they're fired. Like, not every single Kanye Adidas is Outside fired, of Kanye, though, I think... Um, they like, little sneakers are pretty, are pretty dope too. And uh, Derrick Rose had a few that were okay. You're right. They're they're good for the, the high school team basketball. A lot of teams. Were I was, was going to say that those are team, team shoes. Teams, AU team, team high school teams, but like that, they tried with James Harden to give James Harden the lifestyles. They tried very hard though to give him all the colors. The, they're right. They're ugly. That's it. <laughs> they try they hard as hell either, to give James Harden the full lifestyle. The Travis Scott concerts. All the branding mm-hmm. events, all the complex con, they try so hard with James Harden, but I think it's really come back comes down to design, the the design. Like his sneakers yeah. just don't, they don't fit well on a Saturday night, Friday night. And Jordan, Jordan was definitely like ahead of his time too, because uh, just just to even see the sneaker lane and like just think to I bet we're gonna have just mad different like I don't I, I don't know how the the idea was actually like like, like conceptualized, but like. However they went about it, like, yo, we're going to have these Jordan 1s, and then there's going to be these Jordans and these Jordans and these Jordans, and then, you know, years later, and he comes back, and this might be his final game of the Jordan. Let's go back to the Jordan 1s. And just to make, like, create – literally, he's creating the storyline as the reason why these sneakers are priced the way they are. Like, mm-hmm. they're priced because of the storyline and the fact that behind them, like, Say again? That's not Jordan, though. You sort of, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not Jordan, but, like, yeah. however however it went about, like, whoever his agent and whoever was involved in that, like, shout out to them for even having that foresight back in 1991, 92, 93. Like, right. bro, we're in 2020. Like, 
to have to see to see the sneaker game like that back then. Like I, that's a little. I'm, I'm I was actually impressed with that. Like I was, I was I a think, little. I was tad impressed I was with, that. The, with the branding lifestyle. Jordan did one thing, and I think AI was the closest probably. Yes, to do, to do what Jordan yes. did with the lifestyle branding shit. AI oh, sneakers yeah. sold a lot. Those yeah. an- those high. answers were they team were shoes. And they <laughs> were well, those questions. I'm sorry. Those questions. Team shoes. Prax. Saint Ursula. You know the vibes. That they need that. I don't know what athlete can get that another like re- the way AI got Reebok the jump like that. I don't know what athlete can do that for Puma. I I don't know if RJ Barrett can do that. Playing for the Knicks. That's not true. Because like, like if 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 the Steph Curry sneakers were fire, niggas would wear that shit. Steph Curry, they, they, they Steph Curry right. two three years ago was fucking huge. Oh, it, it was. And that's what I'm saying. Because Steph ugly. Curry himself is a he's a he's an he's a brand. Like right. Steph Curry himself brand. is a brand. Like the fact that his sneakers are so trash, it's like yo, bro, like. Trash. Like you, like right. he should, like not to say he should have the Jordan trajectory with sneakers, but it's like, bro, you should have something, some type of following, some type of, Facts. give me a, a a Steph Curry one, the, the Chef Curry two, mm-hmm. something like. Facts. But like you're giving us just like you're literally giving us like the Team Jordans, like on on right. as your like your main brand style basis, like that's not it, like that's what back it. back then Nike only had one signature athlete. Now they have several signature athletes. Yeah, I was gonna say Jordan was their first like chance to yeah, say, first, you know yeah. what? Let's dump all of our resources into this one guy. And also, like they mentioned during the documentary, it wasn't common for sneaker brands to solely have a campaign around one man. One person, yeah. And yeah. give him his own specific shoe. Usually they'll have a shoe and say endorse the shoe for us. Mm-hmm. We'll have different colorways and we'll have a colorway for you for your team and your franchise. Right, like you said, now nah, we're gonna design the shoe specifically catered to you. Yep, Air Jordans, man. <laughs> and then I like the whole, I like the whole Spike Lee joint that the that they you know threw in that the documentary, like just so to tie fire. it into so urban fire. culture. Like it was just like, yeah, that like one recurrent theme in in popular culture and not just America, but around the world, is that most of most businesses profit off of black culture, and we've just now gotten hip to saying, you know what, hold on. Let's let's hold Before on to this. Monetize like, what we built. Let's try to let's try to make a find a way for us to own it. Before you yep. go start making money and pimp yep. us out all over the place. Yep. And I want to segue from there. How did y'all? What was y'all take away from Jordan not wanting to get politically or, or socially involved, as opposed to players that we have today? He fly, He flopped for that. And when with the whole, um, I can't think of the the Republican theme from. Oh, uh, no, Jesse Helms. Jesse Helms. He dropped the ball with that one big time because that guy was a, he was outright racist. He didn't hide it. The whole Mudville con- comment, like, he, and with Jordan being from Carolina and having a huge voice in that area, he dropped the ball big time with that one, in my opinion. Okay. I don't want to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. But let, me, oh, let me say one thing. Let me say one thing. Go ahead. But that was also... I think Jordan's greatness on the court also covered up a lot of his um, other thing, off the court shit. Like he wasn't big on the political I don't stuff. Think he because he was wanted to speak on it. He just wasn't gonna do. He wasn't gonna be strong armed. I, I he wanted I to talk it, on his own terms. If, you, if there's anything to, from these documentaries, he wants to talk on his own terms. He don't like being pressed. He don't like being prodded. If he wants to talk, yo, I'm going to call him out of Rashad. Yo, you've got a camera? Set it up. Come through the crib, and we're going we to do this interview. Like, that's how, that's how he likes to move. So I don't want to say he's a bad guy then or a dick, but 
that's kind of a dick move then. What I'll say, I, I'm not going to say it's a dick move. What I'll say is that for Jordan, it was just t- like for, for Jordan for back then, like I just feel it was just him not having any like, cause the times back then aren't like they are now where it's like as an athlete, you kind of have to be like not political, not, not like an activist uh, politically, but you have to have some type of voice. Like you just have to have, you have to, you have to say something on it that is going to be politically correct. And at least like, at least adhere to the masses, like the cultural masses that you're speaking to, like the people that are actually going to listen and gravitate and attach to your word. Like Jordan, he wasn't trying to do that. Like Jordan, the first things first, Jordan being the country, country type ass dude that he is like you like that, that in itself just let me know, like he's not trying to come out of his shell and stir any waves. Like he's just trying mm-hmm. to, and he literally, and he literally said it. Like I'm just trying to do what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm here for basketball. I'm trying to, I'm just player. trying to do that. So like y'all are asking me about something that yes, I know and I understand it's important, but at the same time, I'm just a basketball player. Like so, like he's not looking at it like how LeBron will look at it now. Like yeah, I'm a basketball player, but at the same time, my voice is so huge and like my global attraction is so wide. Like I have, like you kind of have to say something. Like in that, in that, like in that. In that purview, like when you're LeBron James or when you're Kobe Bryant or when you're somebody of that magnitude, like you have to say something. You have to. But like Jordan, back then in the 90s, in the 80s, 90s, like it, it, sports wasn't attached to like politics and culture the way it is now. So like he kind of didn't have to say something. So like I'm not mad. I'm more so mad at the comments. Like Republicans wear sneakers too, bruh. <laughs> like, bruh, that's the worst thing to say. Like, that's a terrible, terrible quote. Like, terrible. That's the only thing I'm mad at. The fact that he didn't say anything, I understand it for the times. But, like, just the quote itself was terrible. That's what, that's what I'm mad at. Okay. Goals? Any opinions on it? Um, nah, I mean, um, I agree. Like, he could have said something. He could have said something, but... That's not him. Like not everyone's, not everyone is LeBron, or not everyone wants to make a culture change. Some people just want to do their job. Yeah, I think um, that's indicative of him not realizing the type of power he has, or he realized it and chose to just step back at that moment. I don't think he real. I don't think he realized it fully. Like he, I think he realized it to a degree. Like he knew he was Michael Jordan. He knew that he was popular, but when it came to like. All right, yo, bro, yeah, you're popular, but you're also, like, popular on a global level. And when, like, things nationally and globally are happening, like, they're going to turn to the global star, no matter what level he's on, to get a comment. So, like, he didn't understand that, that aspect of it. And I think that's just a media thing, media training. Like, and media training obviously is way different now than it was back then, too. So it's, like, just all those different factors that go into it, like, that, that's why, like, because, honestly, if you asked me this a couple months ago, I would have been like, yo, Jordan's bugging. He was wild out. He was wrong. Like, if you asked me this a couple months ago, but now seeing this documentary and, like, literally understanding him a little bit more as a person and not the, not the colon this, but, like, kind of – like, he's a, he's a very simple person. Like, he's really just – he's, like, he's a simpleton and just, like, yo, bro, I'm here to work. I'm here to get money, and I'm here to take care of my family, and that's it. Leave me alone. Leave me out of anything that's going on extracurricular. I'm here for these things, and that's it. Don't include me in nothing else. So, like, from that aspect, I understand why he wouldn't say anything. So, like, I don't, I don't like, hold that against him anymore. Okay. Because, you know, some people would say this has a lot to do with you because it's in your backyard. You're from North Carolina. It's going to affect your family. And you're black. 
<laughs> simpleton. Like, like he's a like he's a simpleton. Like literally, like he just did. Like he's so simple that he could not see that. Like, bro, really? Like a, the North Carolina political race? Like, hello? Like you know what I'm saying? I think he saw it, but I think he saw the bigger picture and said, "If I come out and support this guy, and I'm not completely sure everything and all that he's about." Is it going to ruffle feathers with everything else I got going on off the court? I think, personally, that's what I think he was thinking about. I, yeah, understand. Because he's probably looking at it like, before this race, this dude didn't know me from a hole in the wall. What, Noah was looking for me. <laughs> and now y'all want me to just completely back him just because, like, yeah, yeah. And in his defense, he said, I gave him money, though. I said, <laughs> I'm not going to speak out for him, but I'll give him money to I endorse the campaign. Yeah. his campaign. And, so I, I, and guess what? Funny. I respect that. I, yeah. I I actually do even respect even that gesture. Like I'm I'm not even mm-hmm. mad at that. Like I'm not. Like yeah. it's it is what it is what it is. Like I'm I I respect Jordan, man. Like I, like right. not not all athletes are built to speak on political things. Like and he's just one of those that's yeah. just, that's just not he's he he wasn't built for it. Like he no, he wasn't it. LeBron James. That. Like he's not prophetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on one more thing. Uh, the gambling that they spoke on. You guys see it at. Was it being a problem or also indicative of his first retirement? Because, you know, there were rumors out there that he initially retired because the gambling debts got out of hand. But at the same time, personally speaking, if your gambling debts get out of hand, you would think you would keep playing <laughs> professional right. basketball. So I'm not sure how that c- kind of connects to his gambling problem, quote, unquote. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about the gambling and his uh, – response and reaction to it i mean for him it's like all that's i guess it's like sneaker box money for him like right you made 50 million dollars a year and you see how it turned out he's still stupid rich so it's like all right do whatever you want like your money like, like him losing still like all his money coming to him like yeah I'm losing that um him losing fifty seven thousand dollars that little that that golf hustler. Don't uh, say a little. <laughs> yeah, that little fifty seven thousand. Like, him, him, little. Little him. Mighty large in ninety three is not. It's not. It's not no change. I'm about to say fifty seven thousand in nineteen ninety three is not pocket change. Like not to him. To him it is. Oh uh, yes. I understand. To him it was. I understand. Yeah, I understand. And from Mike in the nineties, on the on that bowl team. Shit, they weren't paying Scotty money. <laughs> Shit, that was they really Jordan either on his first deal. But as as the deal started rolling in and the money started, the bankrolls started getting a little bigger. When they start talking about the AC, the the trip to AC during the playoffs and and the golf debts and all that, stuff. I mean, I think that's his version of just having fun, I guess, because you don't see Jordan couldn't go out to a club or anything or. He's not a club guy. He's not going to a bar. Go to. You're not going to see him do something social, a social event, really. But if you go to a blackjack table or a poker table, and MJ's there, lose a couple thousand, a couple racks, that's nothing now. Like, right. I think for the media back then, yes, for the media in the '90s, hearing somebody lose a hundred thousand dollars in one night and gambling, like for them, yeah, they could understand that, but. I don't think also I don't think they understand how much how many sneakers he was selling, the the Gatorade money, the McDonald's money, the the all the Mars Blackman, all the Mars Blackman Haynes. stuff, like Well the Mars Blackman was still Jordan, but Haynes, yeah. Gatorade, and McDonald's was kind of him. Jordan was getting a lot of checks. He was getting a lot yeah. of checks, Jordan. 
He's getting a lot of checks. All right. Anybody else want to add to the gambling? I mean, the, the gambling is a gambling. I mean, in terms of was it like a big issue? No, because did it deter him from doing what he needed to do on the basketball court? No. So, like, that's why it wasn't a big issue. So, like, I don't like – Honestly, I'm looking at the documentary like, why y'all even chronicling that? Like, why, mm-hmm. why is that even like a thing that y'all talking about? Like, because it didn't. It, it if it was one of those, then. yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But if it was one of those things where it's like, oh, he's like when they said, oh, he went to, he was reported being seen in Atlantic City at two thirty in the morning. Like, I right, was the game being played at six a.m. Like, no, the game it's like it's an afternoon game. Like, like I'm like I'm sure he'll be okay. And like he said, yo, I got back in time. Like, I still did what I had to do, and we like we played like. So it's like I just think it was a little overblown from from this uh, documentary. Like, I and also, but that's one of those like, oh, they're in New York stories. Like, that's, yeah, only a, New, like, that's a New York media story. That's a New York yeah, story. exactly. Like, he's oh, gambling. he left New York and drove to Atlantic City. Like, only in New York would that be a thing. Exactly. Like, if he's gambling during the the Phoenix series in some desert in Arizona somewhere, at some in fact, if he went Indiana, to Foxwoods up in Connecticut, nobody would care. Exactly. Nobody exactly. would care. Exactly. Nobody. <laughs> Literally nobody. But he went from the garden to Atlantic City, like yep. New York to Jersey. Like, come on. Like he's in every he's on everybody's radar from in that drive. Facts. That's up to nine five. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Oh facts. Like you ain't escaping that. All right. Overblown though. Hello overblown. All right, man. So so far you You know, get a wasta by security guards though in gambling. Like <laughs> let me just mention that. Like the security guards was washing them up. Like <laughs> That was awesome. And, like, and I don't know if maybe that's a, a the conversation that we need to be having that that's a, like the larger dynamic of his gambling problems. Cause like, bro, like you're gambling any and everything. Like even when they were talking on the jet, like the the one dollar blackjack table at the front of the jet, and then the hundred thousand dollar table in the back of the jet. Like, bro, like, like there's levels. Like there's levels. To be quite frank, if I was in the NBA, I would probably be Mike. I'm gambling at the thousand dollar table and I'm gambling at the dollar table. (laughs) And they're looking at the dollar table like, yo, bro, get out of here. Like, yo, your money no good here. Like, your money is no good here. Get out of here. Like, gambling's only a problem if you can't afford to lose. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Ours. Total Coles. Uh huh. If you pay your debt on time, but they don't talk about it. You could afford that lowest. It's not really gambling. It's whatever. That's what Mayweather talk about it. But was Mike paying his debts on time? I don't know. Per this documentary, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I gotta yeah, assume. Um, I gotta assume Mike, Mike not paying his debts is a clerical error, error somewhere. Like, who, what, <laughs> what accountant or what secretary didn't send the check? Like, error you said? That's a clerical error. Like, yo, who didn't pay that uh, person? Like, what the fuck? All right, so uh, yeah, I've been enjoying this uh, last dance doc. So let's look uh, looking forward to um, next Sunday. We're gonna get um, episode seven and eight. If seven I'm not and mistaken. eight. Yes, sir. Yep. So yeah, man. Um, so let's transition over to uh, another conversation that uh, we we've been touching on for the past few days. Uh, <laughs> has the NBA player movement that we've been seeing with the uh, Fairly, let's let's start with LeBron's decision. Kind of empowered players to say, "I don't have to spend my whole career on one team if they're not making the movements to put me in the best position to win. I can um, eventually start looking around and seeing where else can I make this happen." So, kind of like the grass is green on the other side. So, my question to you guys: 
Do you believe that the NBA player movement has had an impact on the popularity and the culture of the NBA as uh, we see free agency at an all-time high and trade demands, as opposed to players before in the 80s and 90s, for the most part, will stay with one franchise for the peak of their career? Uh, what do you guys think? I'll make this short and sweet. Like, cause I know y'all probably have a lot more to say than I do on this. Like, I respect the older players for staying with the one franchise, you know, when they did in that era, for, you know, for the Patrick Ewins, Jordan, Reggie, even Kobe, like, like cats staying with that organization for the duration, trying to make it work. I get it. I respect it. And I understand it. But on the flip side, I also understand why cats in this new school do the deals that they do and do the two plus one and are not trying to be here for the long haul because the situation kind of the, the times and the situation and the money kind of doesn't warrant you to just stay there and rot in one place for an, an extensive amount of time. And I don't want to say rot in one place, but unless an owner or GM is willing to put exactly what you need around you to win, you are kind of rotting away. And like, so I see why cats are, I, I see why they do what they do nowadays. Like, and this is another one of those situations where if you asked me this maybe last year, 2019, I would have said, yo, these 2019 cats, these, these new cats are soft. Like, they can't endure. They don't want to stay with one franchise. And even though KD is still a bitch for not staying with OKC when they got washed up and then he ran the, the Warriors. Like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But, like, cats, like, cats who, like, when it's time, when it's time to move on, it's, it's time to move on. So, like, I, I understand why these new cats, like, do what they do because – especially nowadays sports is very money driven. So like when the money's on the table, you're looking at it from a financial, you're, you're really looking at it, especially nowadays from a financial point of view. So like, I get why they do what they do and I'll leave it at that. Any I see, comments? Um, I, I agree with what John say, but I also say that it's a double-edged sword because Facts. I do think that so as a, if you're leaving, with a player that do leave that situation, yeah, right. They leave for the money and the chance to get a ring. It's not always money. I don't think um, oh, no, that's not really money, but Not really money, but to win, bigger profile. Yeah, because I think a lot of players are realizing I can make some of that money back on endorsements. Yeah, it's, a, it's all about the best opportunity in the situation for them at that situation. time. So, like, exactly. I get why the move is made. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, But I do – and I think NBA fans, I think, Take it and, and writers also take it out on players that move around a little bit because when you look at someone, it's Carmelo Anthony, right now, technically, he might not have a home to retire. You know what I'm saying? If he has a home to retire, raise his jersey in the banners, retire his jersey. Denver, New York. Knicks or Denver? They should be yeah. the top two teams to put that man's jersey on a pedestal. Yeah. Both of them. Right. You're right. You're Both exactly of them. right. But when you look <laughs> at someone like, you look at someone like Reggie Miller or Paul Pierce, like they get put on a, such a higher pedestal, I think, just in respect from fans for staying with the situation, even though Paul won and Reggie didn't. But they do get a higher level of respect, I think. Just having that place to always come back home, and your jersey's always going to be in, in the in the banners, no one will ever wear that number again. Um, you always have a key to the arena, or whatever. I do think a lot of players are losing out on that that aspect of it when it comes down, when it, when it comes to the back end of their career. So when you see the Mellows, maybe a Chris Paul also. They, they, Chris Paul should be in New Orleans, maybe L.A. also, but 
you see Melo, Chris Paul, how they're moving around different teams now and don't technically have a home, I do think that it does hurt some players' career. It does hurt them in, like, Hall of Fame talks, like, in, like, exactly. those longevity, exactly. like, career talks. But, like, and, like the, for me, it doesn't hurt them, but, like, for the public, for the masses, like, I, yeah, that type of moving around and instability definitely hurts them. Like, I, I, I hate it. I hate it, but, like, I get why that people, like, weight, it, weight that so heavily. Like, I get and it. And that's why I say double source because if AD does win in the Lakers, we're not going to say Anthony Davis the Lakers great, but – no. He would – if he wins the Lakers, he'll probably get the same treatment Shaq got and he wins one or two. No. No, if he wins one or two – Shaq! Not, Sha- not the not – the, not the statues and everything, but he'll get his jersey raised in, in L.A. if he wins the championship too. I mean, and, and that's – if so, it's simply because of the numbers prior that were attached to anything that came with the Lakers. Like, it's literally all just, oh, he was an MVP. I mean, I'm sorry. He was an all-star and all but these other numbers give him that. Exactly that were attached that, to him prior. Like, that has nothing – he is not a Lakers great, even if he does win a chip. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, I'm not letting you rock with that one. Stuff in New Orleans, I feel like they, they won't give him that New Orleans. They won't raise his jersey. They won't make him a New Orleans Pelicans great. And, and the Smoothie King jersey. Center, whatever they're called, they better raise I'm, his damn jersey. I'm telling you, the way he looks. <laughs> I'm telling you, they would. And I'm, and I'm seriously doubting Denver and, and Melo also. That's crazy. Nah, that's crazy. Why? No, no, no. Why? 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 Well, why do you doubt that so heavily? I think Joker already wears number. Doesn't Joker already wear Melo's old number? City does. What, what number? Does Joker wear fifteen. I think yeah, Joker's wearing fifteen. Oh, that's oh, Joker. I think Joker's already wearing fifteen. So like, just that right there is like. Uh, oh, they retired yet though? Huh? They didn't retire number yet. He didn't retire yet. So why can't he? Of course, we're gonna look for a number. Not, you, but you know when you're not gonna, you know to hold, keep a number on stash. Like you know to keep a number. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's I, a I fact. Put that number to the side. Like you know, like I right, ain't retired yet, but like somebody coming to ask for that jersey, be like, nah, it's not available. Like ain't you can't pick that. Miami. You ain't wearing number three in Miami. Like, yeah, yeah, word. Certain numbers in my or certain places, you know, like I right, you ain't getting that. Like, and that's what makes me nervous about certain things. That when players do make these moves so young to leave their home base team, that on the back end of the career, they might not get that same love they're looking for. Unless they win a championship in a new place and they'll get it there. Like Kevin Garnett, he'll get it from Minnesota Garnett, of course. He's there for so long, but he'll get it equally from Boston because he won a championship there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Coles, any? But just, just before Cole starts, like, AD would not get that same – like KG treatment, like it, it the, the way New Orleans think, for the Lakers think, translates is not going to translate you, the same way different Timberwolves to Boston for KG. Not even close. Like, not, even if he does win a chip, not even close. All right, okay. That that's just my opinion. Okay. Yeah, Coles. Oh, you all right, bro? <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I said everything. Bro, you look like you took a perk. And you Sleep, he's one. sleeping the wheel. He. he, he Stevie Wonder at the wheel. Go ahead, Cole. I'm, I'm good. Y'all said everything. <laughs> All right. I was just making sure, man. I was just making sure you had a pulse. <laughs> a pulse is good. Yeah, I'm here. Cole sitting there just nodding his the, head like, yep. Yeah, I got it. Forever, you see the forever player now, like Dame Miller probably in Portland. He'll probably be there for, for his whole career at Portland. Unless maybe, so? He's making like $40 million a year. This yeah, contract's yeah, crazy. Dame Miller is not leaving Portland <laughs> yeah, unless, unless, unless no. we're done here. Yeah, yeah, Like he's gonna be a Portland forever. He's a Portland forever guy. Looks like. Yeah, and like, I, I respect that too. When players exactly. say I'm, I'm, I'm cool here. 
Exactly. And like you can look at Dame Lillard and be like, damn, I'm sure you have opportunities maybe to leave there and go somewhere in the East and team up with somebody. But he, can, but he said there's no guarantee when you do that that exactly. you're going to. Exactly. He needs a lot of respect for staying in Portland. A lot of respect. Uh, there's also no guarantee you're going to win when you stay either. Just, there is it, but and especially with Portland, I'm like, I'm not gonna start this argument, but especially with Portland, the way the West is set up and the way they're set up, like it's like that's one of those Dame Litterlitz beating his head against a, a brick wall type situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need him to get I the agree. fuck out of there. Like, but you're always one injury away from getting to the finals. Kawhi showed us that. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. And I do, yeah. and, I, and I do think with certain players, they do need a ring. Like Luka Doncic. He needs championships, Luka. Like, and for his era, he's too nice to not win a couple championships, Luka Doncic. Certain players you see, like, on the cusp already, like, all right. Like, what Kawhi, what Kawhi Leonard did going from San Antonio one championship in that year in Toronto, I don't know if fans will love him for it, but – and I don't know how much respect he'll get from Toronto fans 10 years from now. They love, they love him in a moment, but – they Guess love what? Kawhi Leonard for the rest of their lives. He brought the whole province, right. city, but, country but of Canada, Canada right. chip. Like. You're, right. you're right. But their favorite player would be Kyle Lowry, though. They got it. Okay. That's different. Yeah. I get that. Got, I, get, yeah, I get that. They got Kawhi for that year. He got him a championship. But if you bring it, I bet they'll probably put Lowry and now Pascal Siakam, if he rides out for them for the rest of his career, he will be the, those will be the two main guys for that team. For and sure. then you'll get Kawhi. And they'll get the Kawhi. And the Rosen, don't forget about the Rosen. The they fake did the Rosen right. dirty. Like I don't want to say did him dirty, but like it's just like I just feel bad for the man. Like they really just got him the fuck about him. Like yo, bro, I'm sorry, but we need to win a chip. I'm sorry. Like, like that just feels so bad, bro. Like because that narrative for him and his career don't look good. Like it don't look good at all. Like damn, bro. Well, don't honestly everything the Rosen did might be eliminated. Everything it did might be wiped out. Him and, uh, him and the coach. What was the, uh, the black coach they had? Um, Wait, Casey. Wait, Casey. Wait, Casey. <laughs> like, it never happened. It never happened. Don't worry. It never happened. Like, Toronto basketball started with that championship year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it started that championship year with the and, and Kawhi. It started that year. All right. Oh, so, shit. we can agree that the player movement has made the league a little bit more popular because every year you kind of have a new team that you're yep. looking forward to see play and you're looking forward to see, okay, how can this team actually uh, That's, yeah. take down a defending yeah. champs? Yep. This year we had Houston, the Lakers, Boston look new, a whole bunch of teams. Philly look new, Miami. It's one of those love-hate things. It's one of those love-hate things. Because, like, you love it for the fact that it's creating a competitive advantage, but you hate it because cats aren't, like, sticking it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, but I do love the competitive. Like, you just said, all the teams that you named, like, bro, I I love that. Like, because there's so many teams that are kind of in it right now. Like, like so many teams. And plays defense. I think uh, we as fans, we just got so used to players being on one team. We, did. we don't realize that this is still a job. So yeah. a lot of us, we have jobs, but we don't have a loyalty to the job. If we Bro, see some people can't even – LeBron did seven years, eight years in Cleveland before he dipped. Like, people forget how long he was there. Like, yeah. but prior to dipping, like, he was there for a very long time, bro. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't no, like, blip in time. Like, that was literally the start of his career. Like, yeah. before he shipped off and went to MIA, like mm-hmm. – I oh, think yeah, for nah, the most I, part – 
I don't think anybody was mad that he left. It was how he left. I think that people were kind yeah, of I think it was a combination of both, but I, I feel um, you. I think it was a combination of both, crazy. but I would wait it because of the whole special that he put on. Yes, got it. Also, the, special, the special was fine, I think. It was when he did the it parade. Wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. That special was not fine. That's, and this is a LeBron fan talking. The special was right. not fine. It wasn't fine. Well, I, was... think, I think the parade, for me personally, took me over the top because he said, we're not going to win not one, not two, not three. I'm like, bro, y'all ain't even on the court yet. The thea- that's what I'm saying, yo. The theatrics behind it all just made it look bad. Like, it, was, it, just, was, it just wasn't a good look. It just wasn't a good nope. look. Not the PR not a good look. <laughs> I'll say one thing also with the movement and everything. I also think that like with Dwight, like with, um, like with Dwight Howard leaving Orlando, I do think he would have benefited just from staying in Orlando, and being the big fish in a in a small pond. And he wasn't made for the for the big city like L.A. and Kobe, or for Houston and James Harden. He could have just stayed in Orlando and duped it out there and battled it out there, and probably have a full time home at a stat. He might have a statue in Orlando. Shit, we say those on. He, he, I think he still does. In Orlando? The only better player than him in Orlando is Shaq. I think he, he gets his jersey retired, I think. I think he definitely gets his jersey retired. Sure. You think? What you sure. thinking about? He left bad. He left, he left bad. So what? I don't he, care how the man left. Like, have y'all Orlando been to the final since? What have they done to him? That's They were coming like the Steelers with wide receivers. Like, they just draft power forwards. That's like power forward university down in Orlando. Like, <laughs> that's, that's all they do is jab power forwards. Like, I don't know what the hell it is. Like, I'm healed, all wounds. You're exactly right. Definitely, exactly I agree, right. Coles. Exactly right. When they bring that uh, old 10 team back with Turkaloo and mm-hmm. Dwight and Jameer Nelson. Sean Lewis, like, Jameer right, right, Nelson. Right. Like, uh, that was a squad. That was a good team. That was a good team. That was a squad. That was a good team. You know, Turkaloo was playing out of his mind that season. <laughs> Stole money from Toronto after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that contract was crazy. He got for yeah, that contract was wild. <laughs> Stole money. Highway robbery from the Raptors. Oh, my goodness. And Bargiani. I think that's what the Raptors said. No more international caps. <laughs> <laughs> they said, if you're not from Africa, we're not touching you. <laughs> Oh man! All right, man. So that was a good conversation. Um, I think we all agree that the player movement has definitely had a great impact on the NBA and um, increased the viewership and a number of fans that are interested in the product and just playing basketball in general. Now we just see NBA players that come from all over the world, not just the U.S. and Europe. Yep. Uh, I want to say NBA could could be at fifty percent. Um, non-traditional U.S. players uh, sooner. I think if you took a poll, you would, it, it would it would probably be very close. Yeah. I think it's the biggest split would be like fifty-five, forty-five. Like yeah. I think it'd be very close the way these international cats is coming through. And I, one thing to touch on the documentary, like I love how they did the whole little cool coach thing. That was a nice little introduction to, to the you know how they started looking at foreign players, like you know just how they were actually like how they were kind of viewed as like tough initially, but like how just the players in the league didn't view them as tough. Like it was more so like management and ownership it was like, Oh, you know, they're young, they're tough. They're competing in these professional leagues. But at the same time, 
you got like these NBA cats looking at him like, nigga, that's food. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what you bring into the table here. Like, is it Kukots? Like, cats ain't pronounce the name right on documentary. So, so get Kukots. Like, I said, who? I said, what? Barkley is not the best pronunciation. I did say Kukots. I said, oh, wow, they really don't respect that draft, too. What happened? It said Kukoc the NBA draft too. Is that wrong? Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Barkley like, like ketchup. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like Tony ketchup pretty good. I was like, damn. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, now nah, how they came around to like really like accepting these foreign cats? Like that was that was the little dope takeaway from the from the documentary as well. All right. So, um, you know, let's wrap things up how we do every week. Uh, let's get to the PTP candidates. Uh, gentlemen, who wants to go first and discuss who their past their prom candidate is this week? There you go. Um, I, you go, Marcus. <laughs> um, this guy should have been my past prom candidate last week. <laughs> After a week, I sat on it for a little bit, and I still came back with his decision that he still passed his prom. <laughs> He's not a toad, but he, is, he just won't take it out. I'm talking about the Vincent Kennedy McMahon. WWE wrestling world wrestling entertainment right now. The last past four months or three months we've been in, we've been in this crap hold. Wrestling hasn't, hasn't missed a beat. They've been competing with no fans, and one of the prizes is horrible, just terrible, just terrible. Some things can be done without without fans. Wrestling not one of them. Like that, the whole match is based upon the crowd reaction, and y'all over here. Cutting promos with no fans, you got mics in your hands. Like, who are you talking to? Like, I don't, I don't. It's all a mess right now. Then you got, you got, you got wrestlers running in from the back. Like we see you. There's no crowd. We can still <laughs> see you running from the back, trying to interfere in the match. So this is all bad right now. You got half the rosters in quarantine, the other half not in quarantine. They can only use the facilities when they're taping. It's just a mess. Just close, it's closed down, shut down. <laughs> Shut down, bro. You a billionaire. You are a billionaire. I understand you, you took a lot of M's in that lost XFL. And you still mm-hmm. billionaire. You, mm-hmm. still, you still rich. You cut half the roster in a scumbag move. Some guys mm-hmm. you, cut, you cut, you're still filming. You cut some of the guys and still, still have them being used to film. That's terrible. That's how you find someone telling them to come vote next day. I go to work. I was. <laughs> I wish you would fire me until we come to work the next day. Like, yo, we still need you for the rest of the week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Find someone else, bro. I mean, maybe the contract was, it was it maybe it lasted until Friday, so they had to fulfill the obligation of the contract. Like, they ain't got it might have lasted until the Friday. You gonna fire me? Actually, come back to work for because you you short staff. You you short staff. You fire half the staff. <laughs> <laughs> you fire half the staff for you short staff. It don't make no sense. But um, I'm sure they're go- of course they're gonna bounce back. The once the court is over, they're already talking about uh, dates for fans to come back into wrestling events. So he's forcing this, the this, issue. That, this COVID nineteen approach to wrestling was was executed very poorly, and Vince <laughs> got to get out for this one. I know he won't. We need to cut it out, Vince. Oh, he never will. He never, never will. Like <laughs> he don't take L's. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a cancer is a cancer survivor from leukemia. Was their champion has decided to not wrestle the last four months while this is all going on. And you on and you don't you don't even talk you, you you give writers the 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 narratives and not even mention the name on TV. They like really <laughs> I, I don't I, 
Like he's on he's on a fucking poster. I didn't forget about him. How you gonna tell me? How you gonna tell the, the com? First of all, why you got, why didn't comments over? Why why even a team of comment of commentators when there's no audience? That makes no sense. Who are you talking to? The people. The people. The the the, the global audience. The television audience. Like you can see it. There's I'm millions of people back. tuned in, but you still need somebody telling you what's happening. Imagine watching Raw or SmackDown without JR or, 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 or the King talking their shit. Or, or Michael Cole without, without them talking their shit. You're just watching the match. You're just watching the I match. I'd rather watch that. Nah. I'd rather watch that than JR going, the crowd. Like, who, like, <laughs> like, who are you talking to? What, what, what crowd? Ain't no crowd. Ain't no crowd. Ain't no audience. I don't need any of that. And why do you have a mic for it? There's no need for a mic. No, 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 no other TV show that's live right now using mic. So why you mic? Yo, relax. <laughs> I don't get that. Vinny Mac gotta go. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one. The, the Hollywood effects gotta stop. The Hollywood right. camera, TV effects, the the movie style wrestling matches look like kung fu fighting from old wrestling. <laughs> it looks like a match. It looks like a rush hour fight scene. Where like you hit a pow. <laughs> Bam! And like, yo, it looks so stupid. It looks so they have, bad. They have the the traditional honor uh, the the traditional money in the bank ladder match pay per view coming up coming up. Usually, you fight to the first person that grabs the, to grab the briefcase on top of the ladder. Right. But right now, but this year they're doing the first person. So they're starting on the bottom floor of WWE headquarters. The first person to make it up to the to Vince's office. But we it's kept is a champion. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean make it up to is like climb the staircases so, and like take the so elevator? Their offices, like their offices in Connecticut, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm aware. yeah the bottom yeah. of the parking lot. That's starting the parking lot or the bottom <laughs> floor, the lobby. Whenever you get to the top of Mrs. Office, it's a champion. Nah, that's not it. <laughs> that is not it. Nope. No, 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 no. This is backyard fighting, just brawling. You're brawling. And to make it even more confusing, they're doing the men's and the women's match at the same time in the same building. <laughs> what Nine, do you mean? running around the building. Just Take an L. Take Yo. the L, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Honestly, the more you talk, the more ridiculous this shit sounds. Like I like I didn't know all this was going on. Like and it's, what? And it's yeah. worse because like they're changing belts. I didn't know the new day was the champions right now. Like it is giving belts to the people. I feel like right. Like you're changing belts and no one's even watching, bro. Like you're so there's no in, there's no integrity being kept behind the scenes. Like no, no, no. <laughs> Roman Reigns is like he's just doing what Roman he wants to do. Gone. Roman Reigns is poop gone. Like people are getting right, fired. That's the worst thing. You have they're at, they're treating him as if he, as if he turned his back to him, bro. He had cancer. He cannot be <laughs> wrestling dudes during coronavirus. Nah. If anything, you should be supporting him, bringing light to other people who may have. Health issues that are more at risk. Instead, you tell your your your, your team and your wrestlers and anyone involved. I don't mention his name at all. Like he doesn't, like he doesn't exist. Hey, yo, now nah, this is different. All right, it sounds like he earned his uh, PTP. Gomes, what do you got? <laughs> My PTP is the myth that '90s basketball was had great defenders and great team defense in general. Here we go. I'm watching this Last Dance documentary. And yes, it is showing the greatness 
of MJ, Pippen, Rodman, and the Bulls. But it is also showing the deficiencies of a lot of basketball teams in that era. One, the teams being built to try and beat MJ and the Bulls. Just put more thugs on the court, that's it? Like, no three-point shots, no spacing or anything. Just put more thugs. Let's start. Let's start with the Knicks. We're all Knicks. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Mind you, he, he claims he's a Knicks fan, ladies and gentlemen. He claims he's a Knicks fan, yet he wants to start with the Knicks as his prime example of how bad an era of basketball was. That's what he's doing right now. But he's a Knicks fan. As Knicks fans, Document we all want to go back to that Patrick Ewan era. But do we really? With Mason, Oakley, Monk Jackson, and Pat, no one can shoot. And John Stark, that's why we can't beat the Bulls. <laughs> Who's making a three? We got eight Mason, Oakley, and Ewan all getting dunked on by Jordan Pippen. What's going on here? What's going on? Can anyone shoot on the team? Anyone get a shot off? John Stark. Another example of bad defense. So my point about bad defense is outside of the mix. <laughs> <laughs> what is, that's me. You don't know. You don't know. No, point. Was it? I'm. 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 I'm I can watch defense now and see, all right, we see the pick and roll, team switching. There's no, there's no, there's defensive three in a sec, three seconds now. So big man. It wasn't just, back then. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Defensive three seconds? Deep, it no, wasn't, wasn't offensive three seconds. There was defensive three seconds back then, Combs. No, it wasn't. Defensive three seconds, there was certainly defensive three no, seconds. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It didn't come in. Defensive? So, defensive three seconds. Defensive three seconds. Defensive three seconds. In the Patrick Ewing area, you're saying that did not exist? Defensive three seconds. I got, I got, I got the stats. Because big man could camp in the paint. Defensive three seconds. Because I was, I was, I was watching Rick Smith, and he wasn't standing in the paint. He was, he was continuing to feet in and out. 2001. 2001. Defensive three seconds came in. So, okay. my, my statement about the uh, 90s defense being overrated is that big man just stood in the paint all game. So, how do we know how good teams are? If you can just load up in the paint, literally, with three power forwards, and a center, a two-power poster center with Mason, Oakley, and Ewan, or Lambert, Mahorn, or... But I think you're only giving two examples. I don't think that's fair with an NBA team that's, that has about 30 teams. I think you're... Well, that's only thing they show me. That's only thing they show me. It's only thing they show Okay, you should have done I think your statement is misguided. I see the... Yeah, you should have done your homework. I think the... The Monkey Bugs looked like an expensive team yesterday. Bro, you saw the Blazers? You saw the Suns? You saw the Lakers? Your statement misguided. Defense back then. Nope. What? What? I said I think your statement misguided. The defense back then is way better. The offense is was was is what's worse. I'll agree with that. I think the offensive players were one shooting wasn't a premium, so you could almost it was certainly a premium. Not, why not? Why, why, why wasn't it a premium? Like, especially when you couldn't drive because you know you were going to get mauled when you, when you drove to the paint. Like, why wasn't it a premium? Like, guys were shooting, shooting back then, bro. Don't be Don't fooled. Cats were shooting. They were set shooters. They were set shooters back then. Oh, you, oh, say it again, Coles. Say it, Coles. I said, don't say shooting was a premium. Three-point shooting was a premium. Okay, yeah, exactly. Mean. Yes, so thank you. I'm not talking about no, no, but no, no, don't, don't encompass – Shooting with three-point okay, shooting—that's right, not the same right. thing. Three-point three point shooting was very, was very important. Facts. The emphasis on three-point shooting wasn't as big as it was back as it is now as it was back then. So, I do think a lot of wing guards and upper echelon big men could just watch enough game film. You know where the guy's going to go. 
You know, the guy's driving left, driving right. If he's a mid-range guy, I'm not. A, I'm not impressed by the overall you, look of the 90s basketball. That's you, all I'm saying. You, you, I'm you, get me tight. Yeah, you, 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 you get me tight with your nah, argument right now. You like, something there. Honestly, your argument sounded better in the group I mean, chat. I'm not gonna lie. Your argument sounded way better and more compelling in the group chat. Something there. I think your argument is very. It's not directed the right way. I would say that there are a bunch of. I would say this. Watching that 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 footage. There are a bunch of guys in the court that have no business being being in the NBA like, like today. Like Charles Smith can't play NBA today. <laughs> <laughs> like half the guys, as great as Anthony Mason is, I don't know where we're gonna fit in today's NBA. Like or Charles Oakley or Nah, Anthony Mason would be good. Anthony Mason's the original Draymond Green. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say he'll be he'll be a Jason Max Steel. He'll he'll be one of those cats. Like Paul Millsap types. Like. He's one of those. No, like, I think offensively not, but like that's that's just the makeup. Like I'm here to okay. get you the garbage points, the tough points, and I'm gonna grab some rebounds. Paul Paul was a very refined offensively. Like that's the only difference. Like, but more so Jason Maxiel. That's why I call him. He's Jason Maxiel of twenty of twenty of whatever the era that was. Like that's what he was. That was the, I think the, the name. 2000s. Yeah, the name, like, I think I think Anthony Mason's uh, career was a lot more successful back then than it would be today. He's he okay. would be. Well, he would be Anthony Mason that we, that we know him as. Okay. We, we no, would be because, talking about him as if he was Jason Maxiel. That, that's what, that's what you're saying. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> with the emphasis, no, I go to switch. With them being so much uh, emphasis on big men back then, Mason, the Oakley, those, those big thugs can just, they got a spot. They got a spot on the court. Right. Those <laughs> big thugs. Got a spot on the court for thuggery. That's it. It was thuggery. <laughs> was it demon thuggery? I need to know. That... That Detroit team that, 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 that the Bulls couldn't be, half those guys can't be in me say, Bill Lambert? No. Like, um, Mahoney? Rick Mahorn? Mahorn? Yeah. No. Like, John Sally, please. John, <laughs> give me a break, John Sally. <laughs> like, <laughs> John Sally got wild rings, chill. <laughs> yeah, but these guys respect on a man name. These dudes couldn't even play in, like, the next ever. Like, these were all been, like, short. <laughs> I didn't talk to about you, if you put all the guys in there, they would be the same big man action figures that, that they got. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they would have been. Back then, when you back then when only when only Jordan could dunk on you, you're right. You could meet you could meet guys at the rim, the forum. Nowadays, man, Joe Green would put fucking yeah. Mahomes, so quick. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. A guy, guy Dwight Howard would dominate Mahorn and Josh Sally. Like, get away. For sure. So, that's a fact. For sure. Watching right. that. Watching that. I expect Jordan Morgan that you, you'd be you'd be mentally tough back then and physically tough. I'll say it, yes, yes. I'll give you that. To mentally, physically, that. yes. But I think you you have to be mentally tough in any sport for the most part. I, I think the only sport that I think separates from the other sports is boxing and MMA. Because yeah, you're, you're literally getting punched in the face, like yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> in real time, and you have to counter properly. Like, yeah. You even saw with LeBron, he had to get his mental right when he got to Miami. That's when he said, "Okay, although this is the best play, now it's time to bring this home and thoroughly entrench myself with the killers and say this is my game. I'm gonna win this game." Because he got punched in the face when he went to Miami initially. In like, NBA, though, enough. you can be elite and not mentally tough. I don't think you do it back then. Like, I don't know. Like a guy like Kyrie Irving and James Harden, I don't. I would consider them two mentally tough guys. They're not. Okay, but, but they can play as a They can play. They can Kyrie and, and James Harden. We can play in any era. 
course, yeah, absolutely. I'm not no. saying that. So I'm the saying skill that translates any like, era. Absolutely. Yeah. The skill translates any right. era. But I think the the coddle, the way they're getting coddled today, they they're not actually tough the way that that they could play. Like the James, way Joe the way Joe Dumars would have put his hand on James Harden and the way James right. Harden would have cried. That that's why he probably wouldn't have survived. Like he would have got his points off when Joe Dumars wasn't on him. Like when there was a switch right. and he was able to cook and work. But like when Joe Dumars is on him, he's able to hand check and literally push you like his direction. Like bro. A James Harden, a Kyrie, as elite as they are offensively, they're crying. They're going right. to cry to the refs. They're going to turn to the refs. And it's, gonna, and it's not crying to the refs the way Jordan and Kobe be turning to the refs and crying because, like, that's not really crying. That's really them like, yo, my man, are you not really – are you not seeing what's happening? Like, they're right. really crying like, oh, my gosh, the like, yo, call a foul. Is I, think, is I think Kyrie Irvin, had he played in the 80s and 90s, there wasn't anybody that could stay in front of him. Of that's course. true. No. I, 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 I understand. I'm going to but exactly, but the second him. he got to that to that second level of the paint, bro, all get all bets is off. All bets yeah, is off. Like you, dry, you, you're right. He running by Joe Dumars. He running by Steve Smith and them. Like yeah, yeah, sure. But like, what happens when he's seeing the Kembe in the paint back in back in '99? Like Hakeem and them. Like it's a little different. It's a little different. Right, when Cats put their hand on you a little bit, a forearm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Cats is crying. All right. Cats is crying um, in 2020. Like, Cats is crying in 2020. Like, Cats is definitely crying in, crying in 99. Like, right. like, tears is being shed in 99. All right. So, so far, we got Vince McMahon, uh, commissioner of the WWE, and we got 90s defense being overrated. <laughs> Those are currently overrated. I think I think you trade the nineties offense be overrated. Something, something like that. 90s, oh, yeah, I don't like the nineties defense Combs, being overrated. It's Combs PTP. I can't change it. I think nineties defense is overrated. Hand checking. You can tell me that the podcast thinks that. All I'm saying, they took buggery out of basketball. And, oh, it took buggery out. You can't beat somebody down. That's it. All but right, I'm That's why bum ass niggas like Draymond Green be surviving because you can't touch them. All you, all you can do is talk to him. All you can do is talk to Draymond. If somebody could put hands on Draymond, he wouldn't be this tough. He wouldn't be this tough. Let Barkley, Oakley, let one of them touch him up real quick. Like, nah, Draymond would be a lot better back then. Was less skillful? He just fuck you up? No, he'd be a name. First of all, first of all, first of all. No, guys. The skill level was. Stop being disrespectful. He led the team in every category except scoring. Every that's not right. Robin did rebound and blocks. He didn't do assists and steals. You know he did steal. He steals. He didn't do assists. He Hold on, Dre. He he, he he did. He led the team in that this year. He huh? He led the team in that this year. No, no, no. This year the they could break. This year don't. No, 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 no. Oh, he did. He, did he do that this year without his compadres, his companions, backing him up, propping him up. Oh, Jordan Poole. Jordan Horncourt and D'Angelo Russell? This ain't don't count. It's a break Why don't count? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. When, when Steph Curry and Clay leave the court, is Draymond not the best person on the court after that? Who's the best person on the court, Combs? For your perspective, who's the best person on the Warriors team after Steph and Clay? Exactly. It's your man's. So where you at? Where you at? Draymond look bad. Combs, stop it. Stop it, Combs. You can't take all of it? I think he took a year off. The man took a year off. Real is back in, E. Real is back in. Real is back in. Let's not get into a Draymond triple single. I'm about to fry Draymond right now. I'm hot. 
How you gonna find Draymond? The Warriors took a year off. And LeBron okay. did it last year, and nobody said nothing. We're talking You're right. about the world the year did, he take, did he did he take a year off or did he get hurt after his uh, team was in fourth place and then they dropped? Like all right. what really right. happened? You're right, he got hurt. You're right. They I'll gave they gave him out a chance. He had a quad. He had a quad injury. I, I don't know. He only got hurt after 20 games and the team fell to like eleventh place. Like after being in fourth place. My bad. You're right. Got, what happened with Draymond? They was already in ninth and then he fell to like twelfth. Like he's sick. You heard all season. All right, it was already right. in ninth. All right, all right. Like, it was already in ninth before he got hurt. Right. And then he got hurt and they fell even worse. Like, like, what's the more Draymond's on? LeBron's quad is real good this year. Kaz was in ninth place. E, Kaz was in ninth place. Ninth. Not even that. I think he was in tenth. Hold on. We have to mute them, Colts. Hell. They even know that they're muted? <laughs> they got to know now. <laughs> oh, man. Say my one. Hopefully they're done going back and forth. But so far, we got Vince McMahon and, and um, 1990s defense wasn't as valid as people say. So... Um, to pick between the two of these, I got to go with Vince McMahon. Like, I don't know what's going on out there, bro. Like, you got to just take this this time and pivot and find something that works better than this. This this can't be it. Go back to the lab and figure out how you can get a good wrestling match in front of the people. Like, take some cues from Tory Lanez. <laughs> figure out how he's still <laughs> his paper going. Because this running into the building and getting to the top floor sounds like uh, – Reality show. It don't sound like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like one of those re- reality shows, like Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Roll World, Roll World versus Real World. Yeah. <laughs> so for this week's episode, Vince McMahon's got to get the PTP candidate. He won this year. This uh, um episode. Sorry, not this year. Vinnie Mac. He deserved it. He earned yeah. it. He, he definitely earned it. I yeah. think this is a couple weeks coming. He definitely earned it. He he definitely earned it when he was trying to bring him back when Florida opened it back up. Like, like he he earned it back then. I think that was a couple weeks ago. Like, the funniest thing when they have, like, the when they have like a um when they have like a manager on the on the outside on the outskirts like Paul Heyman over yeah. here counting out the <laughs> counting out the suplex, bro. We can see right. You're not, no one's in the crowd. Like, you don't got to count it out. Well, how you can hear like every wrestler actually talk to each other now. Yeah. You, hear, you actually hear them talk to each other. I'm like, all right. Oh, this is. This is <laughs> I don't need to hear y'all individual conversations during the match. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yo, it's a mess. Yeah, man. So, again, you know, this is episode 602. It's your boy E Money. Make sure you visit pastorprime5.com for the latest episode and new content. Check out the blog section and also the merch section. And um, we'll be back next week with episode 603. Yes, sir. Pastor Prime, it's boy Johnny Dubs in the building. Dubs on deck. Check us out, man. PTP all day. It's your boy, PTP Combs. Holla at me. Boy, Marcus underscore, underscore Costanza. Holla at me. And oh, we shouting right, out the versus, the versus battle. Oh, we got the battle on Friday, PTP. Yes, we do. Thank you for reminding that. Yeah. We got a versus battle this yeah, week. PTP Combs is on it. Talk yeah, to him. Yeah. I, I, I thought about it. Another battle this week. Line them up.
Nah, definitely, definitely. We got 2000 Hip Hop. I defend my belt against uh, Robbie Digital. So we're going to see on Friday night. Definitely check out the IG page for the Zoom link. And um, we'll have fun again on Friday night, man. And, yes, uh, sir. 8 p.m. Friday. Yep. 8 p.m. Friday. Don't front. Be there. Pull up. Check the DM links and all of our stories, all of our pages. You'll see it. It'll be there shortly. Check us out, man. Always a good time. Pull up, man. Vibe out. PTP style.